0: And welcome to Podrocket, a podcast brought to you by Logrocket. Logrocket helps software teams improve user experience with session replay, error tracking, and product analytics. You can try it for free at Logrocket.com. Today we're joined by Tom Preston Warner. Tom is the creator of Jekyll, Semver, the T and Toml is his namesake. He's the GitHub co-founder. Welcome back to the show, Tom.
1: Thanks. Great to be here again.
0: So your resume likely Precedes you to some extent, but can you give us
1: like a brief overview of where you've been spending your time lately and what you're working on right now? Sure, there's a couple of big things. So Redwood JS, which is mostly what I'm here to talk about, I've been spending a lot of time with the team on that as we try to build that into the modern web application framework you want to choose for your next project. I also spend a lot of time doing angel investing, so I invest in a lot of software development technology companies, as well as getting more into climate technology, investing in AI productivity tools, that kind of thing. So I spend a fair amount of time doing that. I also work with a organization, a think tank that my wife and I created called 128 Collective, where we do a lot of political and activism work around climate change. And so that feeds into some of the technology investing I do as well. So those are kind of the the three big buckets of what I work on.
0: We got into some of the yeah like the nonprofit work and stuff in the last episode, but I want to make sure we have enough time to talk about what's going on with Redwood right now. So I'm going to jump right in. You put up a blog post recently called Redwood JS's Next Epoch, all in on React server. So that's where I want to spend most of our time talking. But kind of before we do that, for maybe listeners that aren't super familiar with what Redwood is, can you give us the kind of quick overview, in your own words, of where Redwood fits into the framework space? How does it compare to things like Remix or Next.js? tooling, stack? How do you position it?
1: We really started Redwood.js as a dynamic web application framework. So we started with that angle. Whereas in contrast to things like Next, for instance, they really started from more of a static perspective. So they concentrate a lot on caching to get you the performance that you need, static site generation, that's kind of their roots. And of course, they become more dynamic over time. We wanted to start somewhere where the assumption was you're building a web application. Mm. So something that's dynamic, something that maybe doesn't need to be fully indexed by a search engine, something that's an SPA. So we have up till now had a single page web app architecture, SPA. And so we came from that dynamic angle. And you see also Remix comes at this problem of React-based web app framework from a similar Angle. And these are all great tools. Like they come from different places. They have different histories. They're optimized for different things. So I'd say Redwood is probably a little more similar to Remix than Next, just based on what our overall sort of values are about what kind of app you're building. But they're in that same space. If you're building a web app, you might choose Next, you might choose Remix, you might choose Redwood. These are all sort of the choices that you would be making. But we come from An angle where we've thought about integration and long-term maintainability, the assumption being that you're going to be working towards building a large app, so you're going to want to do testing, you're going to want to have separation of concerns on your front-end and your back-end. We use GraphQL for a React front-end to talk to a GraphQL API back-end for reasons of long-term maintainability. Now we'll talk about why we're changing our tack a little bit on and really going all in on react server components but that's how to think about redwood js in that sector
0: last time you were on the show you were talking to us about the decoupling that like graphql provides we've had this history where we're big frameworks would always kind of be opinionated and obfuscate away the request layer away from the developer. So like you wouldn't have to think about this because there is some overhead to like doing that kind of request response, pipe that to the front end work. But I think that there are a lot of compromises made when that is just all being handled, which we touched on before. And now in this blog post and with some of the direction that we're going with server-side rendering, this kind of as an industry at large, I feel like the relationship there is a little bit murky again. Have you felt that kind of SSR? Are is antithetical conceptually to that decoupling that we had for a long time of like Gats, BJS, and API layer and that front end rendering layer.
1: This is classic in the technology industry and especially in software development is that people joke that we're just reinventing like what the web used to be, right? Oh, you have a request and the server generates a response and sends it to the client, right? And you're like, oh, we reinvented PHP, right? That's the classic <laughs> joke. You could apply that joke to like almost every technology that we've ever created, right? Someone comes up with some new sort of system and they're like, oh, you just reinvented public transportation, right? Uber. You're like, oh, that's, you just, you invented buses, right? (laughs) You're like, well, kind of, Mm -hmm. kind of yes, but also kind of no. The best way I've heard this explained is that people think that this is like a cycle. Oh, we have static generation on the server and then we have PHP and now we're doing dynamic Things and then I created Jekyll a bunch of years ago, and then it was like, oh, you know, we like we got dynamic, and now we're getting static again. It's like, oh, people said this with Jekyll too. It's like, oh, wow, you reinvented like Apache serving directories of content, (laughs) right? And it's like, well, yes, kind of, but I added something to it. There's a layer here. There's a build step. Like it's doing more than that. Yes, it's taking things that we used to do dynamically and saying, maybe they don't need to be done real time every time, like that you have better security, better performance when you don't do that, but you're still able to do a lot of the things that you could do. So yes, it's a reinvention of things that we were doing before, but with something added. And so you can think that this cycle looks like a circle, but really it's a spiral in kind of a 3D space, like a slinky. And as you go around in that cycle, you're also going up. So you're adding layers, you're adding capabilities, you're adding complexities, you're able to solve more problems. And sometimes things get messy and it's not like this perfect, beautiful spiral. But I think that's really the reality is that yes, we go back and forth because oftentimes there is no clear cut winning strategy, Mm -hmm. right? Like we have these separations of front ends and back ends, essentially because of the speed of light. If the speed of light was infinite, then it kind of wouldn't matter. You could do anything anywhere, and it would just be like, do you have enough compute on your client to do it? It's because we have time to transfer data across space that you end up having to care about things like a server rendering versus a client rendering. I mean, as one of many concerns, but that I think is is one of the biggest ones. Where are you willing to do your compute now? Because if you can do that on your client in SPA. You can get the kind of performance that you would never get in a traditional server-rendered application, just because of the time it takes to transfer bytes across an internet connection. And so now you're faced with that choice. You have to choose. You want to do this on the server and then send it over, and you want to send over smaller amounts of data and do it on the client, and maybe have the client be able to do things dedicated just on the client for performance reasons. And so... We now have to make those choices, right? So there is no perfect solution. Doing everything on the server is not perfect. Doing everything on the client is not perfect. There is some combination of these two things and all the related problems around them that is going to look like optimal eventually. And so we're searching for what that is. And as our technologies, the technologies that are available, the building blocks that are out there. As we get more of those, people will assemble them in different ways that have different trade-offs, and it'll look like it's going around and around and back and forth forever and ever, but we're still solving these problems. And so this latest one is, hey, SPAs have these problems. There's SEO issues. How do you do OG tags? What's performance like? All these different things right? that people say that that are the weaknesses of SPAs, and I agree. And so that is where a solution like React Server Components becomes this hybrid solution where it's still React, but now React has more powers or they're reaching into kind of the server space that they haven't really reached into before. And you're like, oh, that is a really elegant solution to some of the problems that we've been seeing with Redwood, where people don't want to operate solely behind a login, right? Like people need OG tags, people need better performance in SEO. And so where Redwood has really shined so far has been in your logged in app kind of world, but for public facing things need to reach out for next. And we'd prefer that you be able to use Redwood for your sort of public facing front end and your back end and do your OG tags and get your SEO performance and just your overall speed of your pages and responses and et cetera, et cetera. GraphQL is a burden for some people coming on board. So we can get more into those issues, but that's kind of how I see it.
0: I'm curious if you share this opinion. I feel like a lot of the kind of push towards SPA and doing everything in the client side, a lot of that, I don't know if it was consciously done, but I think a lot of the weight there was just that the dev experience was so much nicer at the time. It was so much more responsive and snappy, and you could just iterate so much quicker. Do you feel that that's true? And if so, do you feel like we're finally at a point with React server components where that, like the kind of the pain point that
1: was alleviated slightly there is not so much a thing any longer? I think for a lot of people it was just the performance that you could get on the client where you're building an app. Let's say you're building a music app, something like Spotify. Doing that with a server architecture, like where every click has to go back and forth, like it feels very not native. And I think their challenge was how do we make a web-based client feel like a native app? And the way that you really get to that kind of instant performance is through doing a lot of stuff on the client, right? So that kind of capability, and then certain people started doing that. And then it's like, oh, wow, like you can get that kind of responsiveness in a web app? Like that's unbelievable. Mm -hmm. And so everyone tries it out and it's like, oh, let's do this. Like this architecture is really cool. And hey, now we're paying less for servers maybe because the client is doing more of the compute and that's desirable, but oh, wait, there's downsides because now we have certain requirements of running a lot of JavaScript. And oh, by the way, we're transferring a huge amount of JavaScript over the wire every time. And you have to download these bundles. And so it's like every new innovation comes with its own baggage. So this is going up the spiral. It's like, oh, you took a step up that spiral, but then you realized it wasn't perfect. And now you have to deal with your baggage. And that baggage eventually gets so heavy that someone comes along and is like, man, that baggage is terrible. Let's throw all that baggage away and do this one change and take this one step up. And everyone's like, whoa, that's amazing until they start weighing their baggage again. You know, you always see this, you will forever see this. So with React server components, guess what? There's going to be baggage. We will discover what that baggage is. We think overall we'll be higher up on the staircase, but our baggage is different and we're going to have to deal with that. And there will always be a next step after that. So really it's just the process of technologying. Like that's what we're doing. Like we're building. Every time you build in the software world, you deal with constraints you come up with solutions, your solutions have drawbacks, and you're just trying to chip away and always get better.
0: I feel like the way in which you're talking about this is very kind of strategic and almost philosophical in nature. Do you spend a lot of your time thinking about the correct heading for these projects long-term, like the correct decisions for Redwood itself versus like specific technical implementations or like what tools to choose specifically
1: yeah absolutely we have a team we have a core team of eight to ten people that are active in a mostly full-time capacity and my role in that is really from a high level design What does the public api look like so those are matters that i concern myself with a lot which is like if we're going to make breaking changes what are those going to look like how do we name things how does the public api so what people are typing to interact with Redwood as you're building a Redwood application, Mm -hmm. those things matter to me a lot, that design, that experience, that developer experience of the framework itself, as well as just overall strategic decision-making for the framework. So as React server components becomes more prominent and the React team is evangelizing that more and more, and you see other frameworks like Next come out with their sort of implementation of that and looking at the set of challenges that Redwood has for adoption for people like what gets in people's way why do people choose Redwood why do they not choose Redwood as we try to answer all of those questions that's where i really try to come in and think holistically about the whole landscape of products out there that people can choose and where Redwood should fit into that landscape and then making those high level decisions that's sort of my role i don't really write much code for Redwood anymore. I did in the early days. I wrote a lot of it, but I'm better leveraged higher up in the sort of decision-making stack. Right. And I have a lot of other things that divide my attention. So it's better for me to not be a blocker at this stage of the project. So I come in more from a leadership perspective.
0: Let's get into specifics a little bit then. So what led you guys to react server Component specifically? What made that feel like the right decision and how involved personally were you in that versus exploring
1: kind of the other options in that space? It's become pretty clear that the React team thinks React Server Components are the future. This is a complex technology. They've spent a lot of time thinking about it, making sure it solves the problems that they're trying to solve that they see in the ecosystem. Like, how can they solve some of these problems that they see with React apps, right? These sort of SPA problems and the challenges of doing server rendering of React and hydration and how does all this stuff work and fit together and it's getting really complicated. And so the React team says, what is the next phase of react? What do they need to solve? And so this became a very big experimental thing for them to do. And now they're really trying to make it real. And that over the last year or so has become really obvious that they've decided to do this react server components used to just be like, Hey, this is a weird thing that we might do. Yeah. And things like suspense, right? These things are all now coming together to create this cohesive vision of theirs to where React is no longer just a client technology. It really is a first class server technology as well. And then what does that mean? If you're rendering React on the server, which people have been doing for a long time anyway, okay, how do they come in and make that better? Take what people are already trying to do and come up with a better solution to make that easier. So that's React server components. So we've been examining this for quite a while and it started with the desire to do some kind of server-side rendering in Redwood. Which is a big change for Redwood because the architecture was originally designed to work in serverless environments like Netlify and Vercel really well. That was like the original reason that Redwood existed was because I wanted a way to build full stack web applications and deploy them to Netlify and have them be just as good and first class as like a Rails app would be. Now, that's the sort of distant past. We don't really think about that anymore, but that's why the architecture of Redwood looks the way that it does, because it wanted a front-end that you could deliver via a CDN, and it wanted a back-end that could be an API, and then your statically delivered front-end could talk via some protocol to your back-end. We chose GraphQL. So this is why Redwood is the way it is. Mm -hmm. But there are certain challenges with that that anyone that has ever built an SPA knows, which are... Things like, wow, I have to send a lot of JavaScript over the wire. It would be nicer to have my app be able to work without JavaScript, or at least mostly work so that people could at least render like the initial page. That would be nice, right? And have that page still be able to be somewhat dynamic. The biggest thing that we were exploring was how do we do SSR? And so the problem we started with was how do we do OG tags, essentially, and SEO, which kind of end up being the same thing. You just need to be able to deliver an HTML page where a SPA is going to deliver an HTML page, but it has nothing on it, but a place for React to mount to, right? You don't get much there that the search engines are going to care about until they run JavaScript. And you're not able to do OG tags. You have to layer on some kind of clever solution to do OG tags and get unfurling on Twitter, Facebook, Slack, et cetera. Mm-hmm. And people have done that with Redwood, but it requires using edge functions or other sort of creative workarounds to make that happen. So we're like, how can we do server-side rendering? And what does that look like in a Redwood context? So that's where the exploration started. And then one of our team members, Danny Chowdhury, has been exploring that for quite a while. And it started with, oh, Webpack is going to make this challenging. So let's also think about changing to use Vite as our bundler, which we're very close to actually rolling out. So that work is almost done. But so that made it take a little bit longer than... Let's say it's the classic yak shaving problem. Oh, let's do SSR. Oh, but in order to do that, we have to also switch to V. And you're like, oh, snap, that's going to be hard. Right. And it was hard, but it's almost done. It's basically done. It's about to ship in the next version, which is going to mean way faster development kind of feedback cycles. It, it spins up faster. It's just, it's better, right? This is a modern solution. We had to change to it to, to stay modern and for speed reasons, et cetera. So then it was like, okay, if we have Vite, then we also probably want to look into the streaming stuff that react now has, because there are advantages to having the thing be streamable. If we're going to have a front end server anyway, like now we can do streaming and to deliver an HTML page, you basically have to have a server or something that looks like a server. So, okay. So now we have a server, we're going to use Vite for bundling and integrate that with the react streaming stuff and implement suspense. So this is everything that has to go in to basically do SSR when you come from a sort of purely SPA perspective, right? It's a lot to do.
0: Right, right, yeah. And
1: then from that point, then it's like, okay, we could do a loader style data fetch, right? Because now your data fetching is different, right? You're not necessarily using GraphQL to do this. You basically just have a function that runs server side and can fetch your data or whatever. And that looks a lot more like next or remix. And so we're thinking like, we think GraphQL is friction for people who are experimenting. And so our best segment for Redwood users right now is startups. And that's where our marketing messages are mostly aligned to our startups, right? Mm -hmm. Most of our users are actual like companies, startups that use Redwood and build on it. Because they are looking forward and wanting that kind of maintainability and they're thinking about adding like a mobile client already, you know, from the get-go and they know they're going to be doing testing and they're going to be building their team. And so having all of these things that Redwood has always thought about, is really advantageous and appealing. But for people that are just doing a weekend project, maybe not so much, right? Like having to find your SDL and get all of your resolvers written. Even though Redwood.js makes that easier than anywhere else you'll ever build a GraphQL API, we make it way easier. It's still more that you have to do versus Next where you're like, hey, just fetch data in this function that's right next to your page and ta-da, you're done. That's easier. And so people choose Next for prototyping. But then I think people stick with Next because that's where they already are, right? You just keep building. You're not gonna go tear it rebuild in Redwood at that point. You're probably just gonna keep going with Next. And Next has been around for a long time. It's a mature piece of software. So that's a totally reasonable choice. We want Redwood to be able to solve the same problems but we need people to be able to start with Redwood. And so this plays into these decisions as well, which is, can we remove GraphQL as a blocker and make it optional? still make it first class because we still love GraphQL and it solves a certain set of problems extremely well, better than anything else. But it does not solve the experimentation problem or the prototyping problem. And so can we use a React server components model to avoid people having to use GraphQL, but still allowing them to add GraphQL as a query mechanism later on, You know, for third-party clients like a mobile app or something that would want to consume a GraphQL API So these are all of the kinds of things that we're thinking about that are going into this choice. Then it's like, do we use a loader pattern like next, where it's basically just you load all your data up front and then you hand it to your page, right? That's the old next stuff, the, the pre RSC stuff. So that's, that's what people have been doing for years and years. And remix looks the same. It's like, here's a function, run it. Here's your data loader, get your data passed to your page. You're done. It's very easy to think about very simple. And then the other hand, you've got React server components, which are more complicated and solve the problem in a different way where you can split it up, where you're doing more like what we do with Redwood JS cells. So a Redwood JS cell is basically a React component that is going to do its own data fetching. That's kind of how we think about it, right? So you might have a bunch of components doing client-side data fetching to the GraphQL backend to get their data and then render themselves. So React server components actually are a better match for that paradigm where you can split up your data fetching into multiple places versus a loader pattern where you're mostly just doing it up front. Like you do it all up front, you get all your data and then you just pass it into your top level component and you go from there for the most part. So we're thinking about these two different choices and weighing them and being like data loaders are simpler and people are really used to them, but React Server Components is more nuanced and matches a little bit better what we were working on already with cells and React is obviously going that direction. And it's a modern new technology that everybody is excited about. And we could have a bigger hand in defining what the future of React Server Components is by participating early on in that process. So these are the things we're thinking about.
0: I'm curious. So you talk about how there's a trade-off there in not having the GraphQL API always present. Did you guys consider having the cells, I think is the term, still fetch data via a GraphQL API that's established for your data model and having even the server render consuming data from a GraphQL API that's created. I'm thinking something analogous to like Gatsby. Like that's how Gatsby builds kind of work. Did you guys explore that at all? Or did that just seem like a unnecessary
1: abstraction that wouldn't really add any utility? so I'm thinking about what is the story for people that are building with Redwood so that they can come in and say, okay, I can use React server components and my data fetching is really easy. And I have this function that goes along with this server component. It's going to grab whatever data it needs from whatever data source, be that via Prisma, which is what we build in to make your life really easy. We assume you're going to have a database of some, you know, some database that you're accessing that has most of your data in it. And then that's how you get your data or how do you go from there? So if you're starting there, cause that's easy, mm-hmm. you know, the biggest use case that we see is people have a mobile client or they might have a terminal application or something. They've got some third client or I guess second client, right? like, a, like a, a mobile app, a kiosk, whatever it could be, that needs to consume data from your application. Now, if you're building in something that has a transparent API, then you're like, oh, now I have to build another API, right? Because you never explicitly built an API, which made it easy to build your web app, but now it makes it hard to have to create your new API to feed that. So I'd love to have a story where when you get to the point where you need that kind of API, we make it really easy for you to create a GraphQL API using the technology that we've always had, that we started with, which means it's really robust, it's really mature, to build a GraphQL API with Redwood. At the point that you then build your GraphQL API, let's make it really easy for you to consume that GraphQL API from your React server components so that maybe you don't go back and re-implement all the stuff that you've already implemented, but now your front-end developers, because you've probably got specialized teams at that point, maybe. Right. So you've got front-end developers who love GraphQL because it's really easy to query, very flexible. And you've got specialized GraphQL people because GraphQL APIs are a bit tricky to do well. And so if you have a specialized API team that's building your GraphQL API and you've got front-end developers that really enjoy consuming GraphQL, that becomes the best API that you could have, way better than querying the database directly because you can put a layer of intelligence and security on that API that keeps everyone safe and makes everyone happy and have to think about less than if you're in Prisma and you're just reaching directly into your database and you're like I don't know it's a little sketchy right like I don't spend my whole day thinking about data integrity as a front-end developer probably and so I have to think a lot about how I'm querying data and what's going to be performant and all of those things so having that level of abstraction gets you a lot when you have specialization and teams of people so Making that a first class way that you can query your data, get your data in your React server components, as well as client components. Because yeah, like you can deliver most of your content via React server components, but you're still gonna eventually have some components server side that probably want to do direct data fetching to your backend. And maybe you wanna do that in GraphQL because that is still gonna be a really nice way to fetch data on the occasions that you need to be able to do that. So this is the story that we're working on now and how to make it really make sense. Yeah, it seems like you've
0: spent a lot of time thinking about this and trying to make it easy for people to kind of not go astray as their app grows and need and complexity. But it does still seem like this is an increase in complexity overall that like we're just admitting one has to take on at some point. Did you feel at all it was leaving the history of what Redwood was before kind of as a jam stack first kind of best in class for all these tools thing and make it do all this? Or did you, do you think it's like an inevitability that kind of had to happen at some point?
1: Well, it's not inevitable, but reality is what reality is. I think we're reacting to what we see. There are alternate universes where things went differently, perhaps, right? Depending on what the market saw or where in the life cycle things happened to be, the whole collection of technologies that were out there. So all we can really do is build something that we think is useful, put it out there, and then react to what actually happens in the world. And so that's what we're doing. We're reacting to where we think the friction is for people to pick up Redwood, and especially early on. So what's weird is that we started upmarket. Essentially, we did this weird thing where we're like, we're going to create this really sophisticated, highly integrated web application framework that does all of these things that are just designed around maintainability, and you're going to have big teams and stuff, and it's going to have some complexities because of that. But that's going to really be good for you in the long run. And so we have companies that are that using it, but. It's up market, next is the down market. Next is like the everybody framework. It's like, whoa, this is so easy. I can just bust something out in two hours and look, I've got this reactive website and this is awesome and this is what I'm gonna use for my hackathons Mm -hmm. and it's so cool. And then Redwoods, yeah, but we've got like a million things that we've integrated, right? So we spent a lot of time doing that. So we built this almost like enterprise solution first and now we're looking to open up the down market. So how can we better serve people that want a modern React experience but are seeing themselves want to build for the long term. Because I think that solution doesn't currently exist. You've got some things that are easy to experiment with, but they're going to maybe be a little more challenging as you grow because you're going to be doing everything yourself, all of your integration. Like everything is left up to you to assemble your pieces, which is the JavaScript way, which is also uh, can be a headwind, which is like people just assume that's how their lives are going to be. Coming from a Rails background, I don't see that life has to be that way. I think there is a better way. That we can create conventions and integrations from the beginning that allow you to move way, way faster. But we're up market and we want to move down market. Next is down market and they have been going more up market. And React Server Components is like a big step going up market and saying, look, you can do way more interesting, complex things now, server side and client side. And and that's where React is going. So we're going opposite directions. Next is going up market, we're going down market. And I think it's cool to see people exploring the territory because there needs to be more and better solutions always. Um, so that's where we're at.
0: Yeah. Like okay, I'm going to ask you a tough one then on the heels of that, like, like you said, these more robust and featureful frameworks with more opinions. I understand why as a dev, like there's a lot of times where I don't want to jump in on one of those on some little side project, especially when I don't think it's going to have legs, but maybe it will, like, I never know which one will be the one that kind of takes off and I've got a, it ends up blossoming. Like, how would you recommend people think about that decision? Like, how do you know when to spend a little bit more time up front and go in on something like Redwood?
1: I think you do your evaluation and you really look at a lot of things, not just the technology itself, but also documentation and especially the community and how involved is a community? How robust is the community? How engaged are they? Are you able to get your questions answered? Are you able to find things in the documentation? What does the leadership look like? Does it look like they're committed to it? How long has it been around? Redwood's been around now for three years. So what are the answers to those things? Can you bet on it safely? And of course, nothing is ever totally safe. Most of these things are open source, probably that you're evaluating. So like worst case scenario, you're not going to be completely cut off but you want to choose something that's going to continue to grow and evolve with the industry and improve the ways that you want it to and so people will do technology evaluations and i think that's the right way to do it you say all right what do we need what are the characteristics of what we're building does it need a big real-time component what kind of performance does it need what kinds of devices does it need to run on etc etc how much data do we have where does compute need to happen because of operations on the compute. All of these different constraints that you might have based on what you're building, different technologies are going to serve that better or worse. Or you're going to say, if this is successful, how much time are we willing to spend choosing and integrating things? Or would it be nice to have some of those things done in advance? And if there is a a more integrated solution, something like Redwood JS, do you agree with the technology decisions that we've made? Because if you don't, if you're like, we will never use GraphQL (laughs) because I hate GraphQL, right? Then maybe Redwood's not, for you, but maybe it will be once you don't have to use GraphQL. Again, we want to be able to serve as many people as we can that are building web applications and wanna do it in JavaScript or TypeScript. And so we're trying to open that up, but it's a technology evaluation and it's always a little bit of a of a leap of faith for something that does feel more nascent. There's a lot of choices in the front end market, right? Beyond even just React. We've really have decided to kind of stick with React as well. In the beginning of Redwood, I always thought it would be cool if we had multiple front-end sides so that you could be like, oh, you could build a React web app, but because it's a GraphQL API backend, you could also build a Vue front-end or a Svelte front-end. And those would all just talk GraphQL to a backend and and you could have any front-end technologies that you wanted. Turns out building like seven frameworks is harder than building just one. So (laughs) this is part of our problem is the ambition to do all of these things that nobody else is doing. Like I sometimes envy Next for being like, you know what, you worry about what your database looks like and you worry about testing and you worry about you know, if you're going to use Storybook or not. We take a lot of that on and make it work. But they're just like, I don't know, you be you and do your own thing. And they can spend a lot more time focusing on their sort of core bit of technology because they're, the value is just different, right? They're focusing on a different kind of set of, of values. But yeah, it's a lot of work. When we started this, I'd always wanted to create a web framework and that's also part of the reason that Redwood exists. Turns out building a web framework is hard. I don't know if you knew that.
0: Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> yeah, I imagine so. I feel like that kind of uh, modularity, the composability of the web is something that a lot of devs look for. Some would say they don't feel they need anything more than like a X.js, because they want to do that cobbling together and making the pieces work. But I think it's also very fair to argue that there is again, a lot of overhead there. There's a lot of stuff you're worrying about then that people have worried about a thousand times over million times over. When you set out and we're kind of saying that there should be entities that are taking on this kind of as conceptually, like putting the pieces together and making it all just work, batteries included a little bit more. Do you feel like there's anything lost in that cobbling in in the kind of modularity just of pieces? Or do you think that we can still have open web, open tools, everything can talk nicely, but there can still be a layer on top of that that makes it easy for new people to come in and not make the same mistake that hundreds of others have made?
1: Well, things go through cycles. Again, this is about cycles. It's like you have a period kind of early in languages, usually where you have a lot of experimentation and everyone's creating solutions to everything, just exploring the territory. And then at some point people become fatigued by that because there's too much choice. It's like, how can I possibly choose between these 73 different state management tools? Like, you know, a lot of them are really good and people like to use them for different reasons. And eventually a lot of people's decisions just come down to what ends up being most popular for whatever reason. And then once this fatigue becomes so great that you can almost not deal with it anymore, then you see people start to do integrations. So then it's like, okay, let's pick a few of these because we could pick any of these seven choices and they would all be fine. They would all be great. They would all get the problem done. Mm -hmm. So let's reduce the choice fatigue by making some good selections, probably also based on what's popular, what people are using and being successful with, and then making sure that they work really well together. Because at the end of the day, most people building web apps care more about getting their app built and providing value to their customers or users than they care about the sort of esoteric choices of bleeding edge technologies. That's the phase that I think we're in a little bit. And of course, the experimentation will always continue. You'll never stop that. But we are seeing, I think, a little bit of consolidation. And that's really specifically what Redwood is trying to do is to say, let's make some intelligent choices of things that are going to work well together to let you get the job done that you want to get done.
0: Do you feel that now with React Server Components, JS's choices that it's making for
1: the user are changing, like to adapt to what users have been asking for? Yeah, absolutely. That's the whole reason. The whole reason was people need SSR. So let's implement SSR. And that led us to a series of choices that then made us choose between doing a data loaded pattern or use React server components, because it doesn't make sense to do both. And so we sat there and we thought about it and we chose React server components because we think that's the future of React. And so we want to go where React's going. And also it solves the problems that we have in a pretty elegant manner.
0: Last time you were on, you talked to about releasing frequently as a Semver Pro, I would say you were discussing, uh, don't be afraid of major version updates, like send them out, let people integrate quickly. Do you feel you've been able to do that with as fundamental a change as this bighorn is for, for Redwood here?
1: Yeah. So bighorn is what we're calling the next epoch. So we're currently on Arapaho. That's where we currently are. We name our epochs after national forests. So yeah, we're going to release version six pretty soon. So we're already through a a number of major versions, more than you would generally see from a a framework of this size. And the reason is we want to be very explicit and correct in our use of semantic versioning so that when we make a breaking change anywhere in what we consider the public API, which is quite broad, that you know about it. And so we use the epoch as the big sort of marketing part where most people use the major version to be like, oh, version seven check it out. We're like, oh, version four, like whatever. It's just We broke something, but it's not a giant change to our architecture. Right. So this will be a giant change to our architecture, moving to RSCs and having server-side rendering. That's big, right? And so we're, we're arranging our marketing around the epoch, which we'll call Bighorn. Another part of this, of releasing major versions every few months, is that we have to make it easy for you to upgrade to those versions. So we spend a lot of time writing code mods and really exhaustive upgrade docs. And you can go check them out for old versions of Redwood if you want to see what they're like. But we spend a lot of time thinking about and creating an upgrade process that is going to be really smooth.
0: Yeah, to wrap things up a little bit here, what's on the roadmap? What's going on in the near future in the Redwood JS world?
1: Besides the big thing of React Server Components, we've got some cool things. We've got some real-time GraphQL stuff that we're working on so that you can do subscriptions and live query types of things with GraphQL, a couple of different ways that you could do real time which as we get more into a server centric server full first approach these things become simpler having a front end server turns out to make a lot of things easier so that's nice so real time graphql stuff is coming and we also have something really cool called redwood studio and open telemetry support goes along with that so we're instrumenting the whole framework with open telemetry and then creating a visualization tool that will be part of Redwood Studio. And Redwood Studio will be multiple things. This is just one of them. To be able to let you go in and do tracing of performance and timings of things in your app as you develop, and then even after as you are in production, having all of that sort of built in for free to say, what were your SQL queries? Do you want to see? This is kind of your standard data observability, but bringing it in via the framework and making it available during development in a first-class way, that's part of what Redwood Studio will do as well as a better GraphQL playground and some other things that we're imagining putting in there. So work has been going really well on that. And there's all kinds of stuff. We have a roadmap that you can find. It's linked from my blog post. Maybe you can add a link to my um, blog post but there, and to this roadmap. But there's a Notion document that we keep now with progress on... A roadmap, and you can see more of the things that are on our roadmap there. Nice, nice, very cool. I have a note that uh, you guys are doing your first conference, right? That's right. So, our very first in person big conference is going to be in September, September 26 through 29 in Southern Oregon. So, we have a partner that we work with called Zeal that is a consultancy, and they have an event space there. And we've been really good friends with them. They use Redwood and some of their projects that they do, and they have a, an event space that's very neat in the in the trees and there's redwoods in this town so if you want to come see some real redwoods you can come to grants pass oregon for this conference in september it'll be two days of talks there'll be a workshop day on the front end and there'll be an activity day on the back end where we'll go mountain biking or off-roading or whatever there'll be some different activities that people can do it's gonna be a lot of fun we're gonna have some great speakers we're gonna eat some good food enjoy the local scene there And so tickets are for sale now. We're still putting the speaker lineup together, but you can go to redwoodjsconf.com and you can see more of what's happening there. We'll also have a virtual online presence as well if you're not able to make it. Nice. Sounds serene.
0: We'll link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you so much for coming online and chatting with me, Tom. It's
1: been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you so much.